We at Around Grandfather Fire would like to express our solidarity for Black Lives Matter. We stand with you and every marginalized group that's seeking justice. We at Around Grandfather Fire would like to thank our Tinder patrons, including annual members, TMF, Zulzorender, Blackbird K, and Gina. Our Spark patrons, including annual member Dashifan. Our Kindling patrons, Mother Multiverse, Josie, Janessa, Malik Odinson, Nick H, and annual member Scooby. Our Flame patrons, including Stephanie, Tammy, Amy, and annual members Victoria and Kathleen. Our Blaze patron, Emily, and our Firebreak patron, And now, on with the show. Imagine yourself under a starry sky around the warm glow of the sacred fire. As your hosts, Saren Odinson, Jim Two Snakes, and Caitlin Stormbreaker talk about shamanism, animism, books, science, psychology, pop culture, and more. Welcome to a show inspired by those late-night conversations by real-life spiritual practitioners. Won't you come and join us around Grandfather Fire? This prayer goes out to our community, to the ones who are struggling, the ones whose hearts are heavy, their minds are chaotic, and it feels like the world is weighing on your shoulders. I want you to know that I see you, I see your struggles, and I see your strengths. I hear your voices as you cry out and terror and fear. I hear you and I see you. I want your hearts to beat steadily. Let them calm and let them ease their tension. Let your minds clear and let the fog lift as you listen to my voice. Find your grounding, dear ones, because I hear you. Your struggles are valid. Your traumas are valid. And I want you to know that I am here for you. We all are here for one another. And I need you to hear this, that I love you and I believe in you. I see your struggles, but we are making progress. We are finding the ground. Just breathe and hold on a little longer, my dears, because we are almost there. Together we will win this battle. We will find the strengths within, and we will see each other's hearts 
once we see the end. I love you, and I see you, and I hear you, and I have hope for us. I have hope for our strength and our hearts and our beauty and our minds. Rise up and stand together, comfort one another. Find your voices together, because the more voices that join in, the louder we'll be, and they'll have to hear. They'll have to listen. Because without you or me, there is no us. And our community needs us. So I see you and I hear you. And I believe in you. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Around Grandfather Fire. You're listening to episode number 70. I am June Two Snakes, joined as always by my good friends and co-hosts, Sarah Thodenson and Caitlin Stormbreak. How are you both doing tonight? I have had a week, y'all. <laughs> Wouldn't Just throwing that, that out there. Was awesome. I I that one has actually been cooking for a little over a month now, and finally it was like I want out, and I'm like, okay, this is fine. But this week, total shit show. <laughs> right? Hasn't it been though? It for really me? has. Yeah, it's it's been. How about you, sir? I, uh, it's been a week. It's been crazy at work. And uh, I've had a, a rough time. I just lost a friend to COVID last week or Sorry. earlier this week. I don't know. I reckon my week's weird because I have Tuesday, Wednesdays off. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it sucked. Um, it's Sheeta, Sheeta K. And uh, she was the first one to ever give me a shot at publishing my material professionally. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I've known her for 14 years. And I've done some spiritual consulting work with her. I've done a lot with her. And so, you know, she was like one of the first people to really believe in me. She's one of the first people to really give me the chance to launch on a platform this was back before blogging was as big as it is now when we were, we were at the cutting edge and she actually made me an assistant um, managing editor. So I wasn't only on the side of, of actually writing articles pretty quickly. I was helping edit and do web design and all that kind of stuff. And I did that for years with her. Yeah. Rending the veil. That was uh, my first really big uh, occult pagan project. And uh, it's, it's, COVID-19. She died of uh, COVID-19 pneumonia. So that's been weighing on me this week. And I've had... Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Rest in power. And so um, aside from that, it's just been been a long, rough week at work because we're losing coworkers there too to COVID. So Mm. we've been working the overtime because people have been... uh, Especially lately, you know, these people, you know, it's, it's, I don't know how else to emphasize it, folks. I'm losing, you know, I don't know anybody that hasn't been touched by this. If you can get your vaccinations, get your vaccinations, please. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I I do like the vaccinations. I'm 100% for go get it um, for sure. But keep in mind, you can still get COVID-19. So still wear your mask, still wash your hands, still sanitize, still social distance, you know, um, the, the symptoms are way less 
but you can still catch it. So please, please stay safe. Yeah, but exactly. Aside from hard news, I do have some good news. Um, <laughs> so I have kickstarted the uh, prayer card project again, and I am expecting new prints tomorrow. If these look good, I'll be putting out a series of prayer cards for the pagan community. And uh, yeah, the, uh, the the artwork looked great, but the problem was they didn't put the artwork to the bleed edge like I wanted them to. So oh, like, right. Yeah. We need to reprint those, and here's how I want it to look. So if they do this right and it looks great, which the mock-up looked great. So if they do this right, these are the people I'm going to be going with, and then we can start publicly offering that. That's um, awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. This has been a long time coming, and I really need to thank the artist that works with me uh, on this, this these first two prayer cards. It's for Thor and Odin. Um, Sam Flegel did artwork for it, and he is an amazing artist. So that's what's been going on in my is on the one hand, lots of rough stuff, but on the other hand, I'm also being really productive doing my Patreon writing, that kind of thing. I hear you. I hear you. I've been working on building my website. Uh, decided I needed a website. Still doing a lot of client work. Um, and just, I do want to throw out there real quick though for our Patreon for the show, for Around Grandfather Fire, we do have several new Patreons, um, new supporters, and a couple of them are year long supporters. But being as I'm outside today, literally sitting around a pipe, so I apologize for any background noise, but um, unfortunately, I can't do the usual roll call that I'd like to do. So I'm either going to do a standalone audio for that and edit it in, or we'll catch you guys next time. So I apologize for that. But it is cool. We're still picking up Patreons. That's awesome. Welcome to all the new ones. So, um, I'd like to go ahead and introduce our guest tonight. Um, I have met this person on TikTok, and he is the big brother to the TikTok community. Seriously, one of the kindest souls that you're going to find on Witch Talk, and really good at giving daily reminders, helping people to stay grounded, helping to teach and to build bridges. And so I just really wanted to have him on the show tonight so I could find out more about him and more about his background. So with that, I'd like to welcome Sarah Corgan Savant. Hello. Do you prefer that name or do you prefer another? Sorry? Do you prefer that name or do you prefer another? I actually prefer that name. Um, I don't mind telling people that I go by Chris because that's what's on my Instagram. But for me, with my journey and with everything that's happened, that's the name that I'd rather be called. Sure. So. Completely understandable. Yeah. Completely understandable. I've tried to escape the name Two Snakes a couple times, but it just isn't happening. <laughs> it's a good name, though. It's a great name. So, so tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get started in all this? Um, it's kind of it's kind of like a long story, but I feel like it's not for a lot of people who have been born and raised in a Catholic background. Mm-hmm. Um, I was born and raised in Brooklyn, and the church in my neighborhood, which you know, often people think it's the city, so you know a lot of people, but like little communities, like little portions of boroughs 
they kind of stick together. Like all the kids go to the same schools, all the parents know each other. Like if they can send their kid to the closest like church, they'll do that. Um, same thing with schools. So my school was literally right across the street um, for me. Oh, wow. And yeah, it was, it was a Catholic school. The church was right in front of it. And it was like from grades pre-K to eight. So I went there for the longest time and was just engulfed in Catholicism. And somewhere for me along the lines of like, even younger than that, like I never really understood relationships, like the dynamic with relationships. So my journey, my spiritual journey actually started off with my sexuality. Because mm. I just didn't understand why my cousin Barry was going to go to hell for being gay who was the nicest person ever. Like I've seen, I remember seeing Barry like do things like literally picking a homeless person up off the floor and giving them food and money and shelter for like the night and just saying like, listen, I can only do this much for you, but hopefully this helps you somehow. Just like things like that. Um, And just, just wait a minute. This doesn't make any sense. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. Including, I don't know if you guys remember this, and I, t- I, I had a conversation with a few people about this before. There's this, like, thick, red, like, comic-like book. Like, it's, a, it's like cartoons, like, and it's all about, like, the Bible, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, the picture Bible? Yes, yes. Yeah. The, it, it, I don't know if people understand how horrific that is, because it's not, it's not like this, like, oh, you know, cutesy book. It's more like, well, this is what happened with Cain and Abel. This is what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah. Like visual pictures of like disasters and floods and just like really scary imagery for like children, but it's made to look like a comic book. And everyone had this, everyone yep. in my school. So that was where I started to like wonder. And there are a couple of like botanicas in my neighborhood, and I was lucky enough to like experienced that because you had like your um, ATR Botanica, you had your, we just sell crystals and clocks. And then you go into the back and it's like tarot cards and incense and all this other stuff. Um, And then there was another place that was like a hardware store, but they even had a back area. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Like it was so, and it was just so strange to, to, to see like, this was what people were like, afraid to deal with like just to pick up a book like just to read just to educate yourself on another religion and i wanted to know why that was so bad why was it that me loving another man was such a bad thing why was i going to hell if i was a great person why were people looking at um like people who were dying from from things like aids and saying that was something that was meant for the from god like just saying things like that i just never understood it um, so I finally was like, I'm going to, I'm going to do some research. I want to explore. I want to know more about magic. And I don't care where anyone says the craft, uh, Sabrina, um, bewitched all these shows showing positive, like aspects of people who are witches actually help. Like the movie, the witches, that's a cool movie. Right. But, right. <laughs> but <laughs> it is not helpful. <laughs> um, so I just started exploring in my teens, picking up books and reading what I could and whatever mm-hmm. felt like it resonated, like I took. And there, like I, 
I finally was like, I can't keep like author hopping. I have to stick to one author because they write a certain way. And I stuck to the problematic ones. I stuck to Silver Raven Wolf and Buckland and oh, Scott no. Cumming. And oh no. They, you had the trifecta there. <laughs> yes, but I learned a lot. I know mm-hmm. that people bash those books too. They bash Wicca, they bash like, but I learned so much and it pulled me yeah. into things and helped me to realize maybe I need to decolonize these things too. And I started reading more and looking at more authors and understanding like their mindset. Cause not every mm-hmm. author is like harmful. Like right. I think one of the authors that I'm reading right now is Aaron Murphy Hiscock or Hissop or something like that. Um, who's done protection. Of, uh, it's a book on protection. It's a book on self care. Uh, has a green witch book, all amazing, but they do things like not mention things about cultural appropriation, not mention things about like maybe just doing more research on the things that you're you're doing. Like it gives no room for that growth of mind. It's just like, this is what this practice is. And I could see why people don't like that either. I liked those books because they gave me something. And if I can get something out of it, then it's worth reading. But anyway... I actually have a couple of those books on my shelf where I read and I read almost intuitively when it comes to my witchy books or cult books or other books, whatever you want to call it. And then once I reach the point, like I could disagree with everything that I have read so far, but I'm like, no, I have to keep reading. There's something in this book that wants to reach me. And once I hit that, I immediately put the book on the shelf and I'm done with it. That's like, how okay. I am. Yeah. I got the snippet of information I needed and that's it. Okay. I next probably one. wouldn't remember the author, but I'll remember the whole page or like the whole, <laughs> yeah. like whatever I took from it. Like, yeah. Yep. That's, that's me, me exactly. Mm-hmm. It's, it's interesting. Cause like, and, and I know people will say like, you shouldn't read this book. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. And like, I honestly don't care what people have to say. I will, pick it up myself because I want to know like if it's that bad what's bad about it does the author know that that's bad is it Llewellyn that that's actually the problem like what's the problem here you know (laughs) that's a worthy question right and I mean they kind of were the problem for a while I think their quality has come up but there was a while then it was like they had a certain amount of books they had to get out a year and if you submitted something it was going to get printed I mean it really was like that for a while well, and I think as an individual, um, an individual practitioner, you kind of have to see for yourself because what doesn't, what doesn't necessarily work for somebody else might actually work for you. Right. You know, I mean, we could be being really harsh on these authors, but obviously it worked. I mean, I came out of Catholicism and Cunningham was one of the first book uh, authors that I read. And, you know, there were aspects of of Wicca for the solitary practitioner that felt off. And I knew enough about religion in general to be like, well, there seems like I'm missing something. But I didn't have enough wherewithal to know what I was missing. And this is where community is really important. Like, I mean, you talked earlier about the bodegas that you grew up with in your house, in your uh, time at Brooklyn. And, you know, being I'm from Michigan, we don't really have that as much here. Um, so a lot of the, the culture of the occult and pagan communities around here, it's a lot of it's word of mouth and references to people. Um, I mean, a lot of that's exploded in the Internet age. But when I was just coming in, uh, 
you had Scott Cunningham, Silver Ravenwolf, uh, Alistair Crowley, and OTO stuff that was uh, publicly available. Thank you, Ezreal Rigardi. Um, and so that was the stuff that I read, and I, I devoured it. Um, you know, it wasn't... It was accessible. And I think that, that I think we forget in this age of the internet how accessible things weren't mm-hmm. even in the early 2000s, which is when I was coming in, you know, I mean, there were, you had to go to an occult bookstore in order to find anything decent on paganism. Uh, you had to hope the person behind the counter was going to be helpful. Um, and maybe they stocked something from red wheel or wiser because this was, you know, Llewellyn was, was printing books like they were going out of style and some of them were good and some of them sucked. And there was very little, the quality control varied, you know, sometimes, uh, yeah, my first exposure to candle magic, for instance, was Bucky's book of how to burn your house down. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. The, uh, the candle magic book he put out was my first exposure to candle magic and to using Psalms in magic. I hadn't experienced anything as regards to Hoodoo yet. I think I had, I think I had that book. And I mean, as, as we're talking about like these books, like the main book, the complete guide to witchcraft people, uh, it, I go off, I go, you have, you have to excuse me, go on tangents when I'm yeah, frustrated, when I start talking about things. It's um, good. It's, it's, uh, it's, let's talk about like one thing, deity work. And we'll get, I want to get back to like, just historically, like how I got into things. Cause I started working with deities when I was a lot younger, like I started working with deities when I, I picked up that book around age, like 15, 14 and did not know. And the reason being, the reason being is because if you, if anybody picks up that book, anyone, they will see page, I think it's 19 or 20. They talk about deities on your altar. They talk about building an altar. Yep. They talk about deities. It's like part of the start of the whole thing. And it's like, that's that's so problematic. It is so problematic. And no one discusses that. It's kind of like something that we're all like embarrassed about. And we sweep under the rug because everyone has that book. Like everyone has that book. It is weird think- that they start that way because there's so many... Like we've 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 switched gears in a lot of ways. Like back when I was getting started, there was like you know very few books, and you guys experienced that. But now we're at this point where like there's this information age. There's so much information available. But now uh, um, the main thing that we connect to with our audiences, I think, is our experiences, because mm-hmm. the information is everywhere. But the the way we connect through TikTok, podcasts, whatever, is just like these are our experiences and this is how to help parse all that information. I think that's really where we're at now. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting. Cause I think that's part of the reason why people are so like, so I work with my, my matron is Medusa. Um, my matron's Medusa, my patient's Dionysus. And occasionally uh, when I first started, Uriel was there and Uriel is still kind of like looming. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of what he does. It's yes. Yes. And that's, that's partially, that's a little bit my fault. Cause when I first started, I was just like, 
you know what? I'm just going to do these things. Like, what do you mean we can't do love spells? My friend wants a boyfriend. I'm going to go do this love spell. What do you mean we can't? And I did all these things that I shouldn't have done, backfired in horrible manners, like just like really bad things. And on top of that, there's a book, there's one of the Silver Raven Wolf books that says something about like one good way to make sure you have fire safety in regards to candle magic is to use kitty litter. So you can put your candles in kitty litter and it also is fragrant and you can use that as an offering to whoever. And I was like, okay, that seems like simple. I, when I was younger, had a bag of kitty litter in my book bag all the time. I was so upset with myself after a while because I was like, I smell like, I always smell like kitty litter. This is the grossest thing. It doesn't come <laughs> out of my bag. Why did I listen to this person? This is horrible. And then well, like, see, like it's going to be so simple when you put the, ki- put the kitty litter in the bowl, right? It's not simple. <laughs> it's not. It gets no. everywhere. <laughs> so I have a solution to your kitty litter. You can use sand instead. Or water. Water works too. If you get a little bit of water in the bottom of the bowl, put the tea light on top of the water. It floats around real easy. Yeah. Well, I know that now. I didn't know that yeah. then. I'm I'm like thirty eight years old. Kitty litter. Kitty litter. She said kitty litter. Yeah. Oh. Right. Oh. Walking around with a full bag of kitty litter. Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine? Yeah. Yeah. Three yeah, candles in a full bag. Jesus. <laughs> I think we've all had adventures with fire. So I think we can all imagine these things. Yeah. 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 Ash, burn anything down Ash, yet, but as ash rains down on my face from the fire I unintentionally started today. <laughs> oh so, how did you how did you find your way onto TikTok and what inspired it? the way you set up your TikTok and what you share with the people that follow you? Uh, honestly, one of my closest friends um, was like, you should, you should make a TikTok account. I think you'll really like it. And I was like, uh, I don't let's do trendy things, which is half a lie. Um, it's, it's, it's really, I'm really fickled with the certain trends. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm with you there. It just, because sometimes you're like, you know, let me get into it. And it just becomes kind of like a thing that's a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. People always talk about it. It kind of ruins it. But I said, let mm-hmm. me try this TikTok thing out. And I started seeing like funny videos at first. And then my friend was like, did you look up Witch Talk? And I was like, what? He's like, look up Witch Talk. So I did. And at the time, it was like these cutesy aesthetic videos of people doing jar spells, mm-hmm. um, people um, talking about self-love and healing and cleansing and protection and all these like great things um things with like their deities the connections that they make with deities or with the spirits or with the elements with the planets the moon like everything just like it was so beautiful to me Mm -hmm. that people were so open about their practice and open about themselves i i was so enamored and i said you know what i'm gonna try to make a video my first video was just kind of a little controversial um I got two bags of herbs from Amazon and that was the problem. I, it was one, it was Amazon and two was the, the amount. Cause it was like 20 something bucks for these two big bags of one was lavender and the other was rose petals just dried. And it was a suggestion. And some people were like, how, no, who's going to have that much money. You're saying it's low budget. It is. How much of the herbs are you using? But I don't want to get in anybody's face about that. Yeah. But it's the truth. Like if you, 
use a little bit, which is what you use, whether it's candle magic, teas, whatever, that will last you. I still have those, like, I still have stuff from that bag, from those bags. Then that was like my first video last year. And I mean, since then, I just was like, I'll just keep making videos. Um, and then one day, there was a video where, uh, if you guys know Chow Wen, she is a, she talks a lot about Hecate and um, she talks a lot about technology and she's a, she's an interesting witch, so to speak. Mm-hmm. She did a, yeah, she's more of a, a, a chaos, uh, but I think she is an atheist too, witch. Yeah. If I remember correctly. Hmm. Yeah. She's an atheist witch, um, which I, I found like, cool. I'm atheist witch. That's interesting. She made a video about uh, Black Lives Matter her friend did like a slogan for Black Lives Matter, but it was a t-shirt that said Black Lives, Black Lives are precious. And it really got to me. I started crying because it was at the height of a lot of the BLM stuff, a lot of the marches and the protests and people just getting hurt in just a very dangerous, scary time. Yeah. And we were in Louisiana at the time too, and there was a lot going on there. So this video emoted so much in me. I was like, I need to record this. I want to do a reaction to it. And I did. And like, at first I was like tearing up a little bit the first time. The second time, like it just like hit home and I was like crying. And all of a sudden I had like maybe a couple of thousand, like I think it was like a thousand followers to like 20. Wow. Just from the one video. And I didn't Isn't really know. Isn't it crazy how it grows like that? Yeah. Like, you're like, what happened here? It was in a matter of, like, a few days. I was like, I don't know what's happening. And I'm like, oh, it's that video. That video is somewhere in the millions of likes. And at that time, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I want to do things now that I have this audience. So I just continued to do uh, various things, like teaching about tarot, doing tarot spreads, um, card of the day, but it was personal. Um just just random things i didn't really know what i was doing at first and then finally i was like you know what i i'm just gonna cement this i'm just gonna cement this and and continue to whatever i want to put out that's gonna be what i put out and not think about it not think twice about it i'm just gonna believe that this is what's supposed to happen and people started reaching out to me because they were curious about spirituality they didn't know what you know, these numbers mean, or I pulled these cards, what does that mean? Or um, I've, I've been having dreams about this particular, you know, thing, what does that mean? Which is so weird to share with a random person on the internet, but people do that. And I just became like this collective of just like really cool people. Some not so cool, some amazingly cool. Mm. And uh, yeah, just... That's kind of the short end of that story. And here we are today at like 46K, which is cool. I never thought that was going to happen. <laughs> I'm not saying it to glow. I'm saying I'm, I'm saying it to say I'm surprised. <laughs> I'm like, I'm a 38-year-old Black guy. Like, I don't know. I'm a queer Black married guy with a dog who practices like paganism. I don't have like this cool aesthetic. I don't like have fancy music going on in the background all the time and, yeah. you know, I try sometimes with those videos, yeah. but like, that's a lot of work. 
So it really is. People people don't seem to understand how much work you can put into a single minute video. Mm-hmm. And like, especially with you know you get captioning or the right stickers or editing or what's mm-hmm. the music selection and transitions and people spend a lot of time and effort on those videos. Yeah. Yeah, I I tried um, the whole making my own videos for TikTok thing, and I think I put one video up, and then I was like, no, nope, no, this is too much. There's way too much going on. I have way too many options, and I cannot do this in 30 seconds or a minute, or I I need more time because I, I talk and ramble a lot. So, I mean, you would get like... 15 one minute videos just for me to talk about one thing. I mean, that's what I end up having to do, though. Yeah, but I'm more of a writer than I am a talker, anyway. I mean, you guys know that. I tend to ramble a lot. So I, I commend all three of you for your whole TikTok shenanigans. I gave it up like a bad <laughs> habit. Well, I'm, I'm undecided. And and Sarah, maybe you have some insight in this. I can't decide whether I'm just forgiving of myself now or I just stop caring. I look back at my early videos and they're totally cringe, but now I'm just like, I don't know, hit that plus button. Something's going out right now. I don't know what to do. <laughs> um, You know, I, I think that you're not giving yourself enough credit. And I think that people don't give themselves enough credit when it comes to that app. You don't know what you're doing at first, but once you do, it's natural. So you you automatically will go into proper lighting. You automatically will find a space that's really good for sound. You automatically, these are the little things you'll do without even noticing it. But when you're first starting, you're like filming in like a baseball field at like night, you know, <laughs> with talking while there's like sirens in the background about spirituality. Like, mm-hmm that's that's just how it is but but after a while you're like no let me go film in a room that's closed in no you know no sounds on the outside let me get the lighting let me get like it's just natural discover that the really spiritual people have a ring light and they hide in their coat closet to record (laughs) i mean there might be a reason for that (laughs) there might be a reason yep that ring light might be enchanted damn right it is (laughs) Glamour magic. <laughs> I I'm kind of curious a little. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, brother. No, it's cool. I was just gonna make some silly crack about. Yeah, it's absolutely enchanted. It's my it's my one ring, my precious. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm curious, Earth, because like I have to admit, around this area, um, seeing minorities involved in Wicca and paganism. It's getting more common now, but it wasn't for quite a while. Did you have any unusual experiences or what was like that coming up through the craft for you? Any experiences in that regard? Okay. So like I said, I started off really young, right? And that was, that was still in that, that um, elementary school that was like right across the way from me. So I remember I was, this was like seventh grade. And before we went out to like recess for lunchtime, like we'd go, we'd have our lunch, we'd have our recess, whatever. We'd come back. My teacher stops me and she's like, can you just hold on for a second while everybody goes out? I said, okay. And I was like, am I in trouble? Something happened? She said, no, 
but um, the janitor found something. We were practicing for a school play and I was doing, I was like using tarot cards for my friends to learn, but I left my tarot cards behind the stage. So she gives me the tarot card. She's like, you found this. I'm like, oh, thank you. So I put my hand on top of it and she places her hand on top of mine. And she says, listen, I feel like you're straying from the path. And if you need to talk, please let me know. I held back laughter so much that my teacher was so afraid of these cards. And I also felt so much more empowered then because I was like, I could do anything right now and freak her out. I could do anything right now and just be a total jerk Mm -hmm. and freak her out. But I didn't do that. I said, thank you. And I pulled the cards away. And she just kind of looked at me weirdly as I left the room with a weird smile. Like it was like, bye, I'm uncomfortable, blah, bye. <laughs> and I think she was looking to see where I would put the cards. Cause I feel like she, and I was like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to let her know I'm putting these cards. I might not find them again. That was the, that was the vibe. So, and that was like the first time, like the real first time that I ever was like, this is, I have to be very careful. I have to be very careful. Cause it's not the same. It's not like it is now. Like from, from 15, 16 years old to like 38 years old, it is not like it was like, you could not talk about that stuff because they would call you evil. They call you a devil worshiper. They call you like satanic and, and which is funny because I know so much more about that stuff now. And they're the nicest people on the planet, the nicest people on the planet. (laughs) (laughs) So it's weird. It's kind of mind blowing. I mean, I, I wasn't raised Christian or Catholic per se, but my, my aunt and my cousin were very much so, and they were very involved with our family. And when I was in my teenage years, I floundered back and forth between Christianity, atheism, and then eventually landed somewhere in being agnostic where I just kind of like created my own or pulled from different sources. And I remember a very distinct conversation that I had with my aunt. And now mind you, I am way more subdued as a 33 year old than I was as a 15 year old. Mm -hmm. Um, But when my aunt told me, if you don't believe in God, and if you don't study the Bible, and if you don't do all of this, you're going to hell. And I looked her straight in the eye. And I said, well, then I guess I'll see you there were my exact words. And she was like, Oh my God. And I was like, I believe it's against your 10 commandments to pass judgment on other people. And that's what you're doing to me right now. So goodbye. This conversation is done. So it is, it's a very interesting thing to see how it's changed from back then to now. And even now you kind of butt up against it a little bit from time to time. And I especially butt up against it at work and I don't, I don't talk about it. It's like not there, I guess they know I'm spiritual, but they don't know how spiritual cause they are very Catholic. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like, I wear my necklaces at work because they demanded to be worn while I was there. And they're very nice people for the most part, unless you get on the topic of religion, then it's like extreme zealotry. And if you don't do this and if you don't follow this, like extreme Catholicism, and I'm just like, whoa, okay, this is too much energy for me. I'm going to go stand over here next to all the plants. Cause <laughs> you're chill. You're crazy. 
I had a friend um, years ago when I was like 20, 21, we had this conversation about like spirituality. And I was like, I'm, yeah, I'm pagan. I, you know, I dabble. And I, I had like these weird gaps between like 18 to like 22, where I just was like, I didn't do anything. And then I picked it up again. And then I stopped at like 27 and like for a few years, I didn't do anything and then came back to it. Um, and not like I stopped completely. I just stopped the practice part. I continued to read and continue to study and no more. But so she sees me reading this book and she's like, you're not Catholic. I used to be, I'm not right now. <laughs> and she's like, why, would, why do you not want to be Catholic? That's, that's so dumb. Why would you not want to be Catholic? And I said, I just don't feel comfortable. She's like, being Catholic's the best. You can sin six days a week and be absolved on the seventh. It's the greatest religion. And I was like, oh my God. That's amazing. I'm going to say, are you relating to this, Sarah? I am relating to this so hard. That's amazing. Just go to confessions, say this many Hail Marys, you're good. Right. It was weird when my kids were. still going to school that I feel uh, like paganism and witchcraft really for my kids anyway started to reach acceptance with those first Harry Potter books mm-hmm. like that very first Harry Potter book became such a phenomenon and people were kind of like oh but then by the time the third or fourth one came out everybody we're all witches and wizards and so like after that nobody seemed to care anymore it was really amazing that a work of fiction could affect somebody so as the, mm-hmm. the, the societal view so much. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll be honest. There was a girl um, who started going to uh, joined my class, my graduating class, I think in ninth grade and she was homeschooled up until that point, And her family was very religious and I was reading the Harry Potter books and then at that point, and I was sort of an introverted kid in school. And so she and I clicked very quickly And she was very curious about the books, but her mom wouldn't let her read it saying that it was the works of the devil. So I would let her borrow my books while she was at school and she would just leave them in her locker. And she read the whole series in homeroom and lunch class because I let her read them. And at our graduation, she's like, thank you so much for letting me read those books. They were really great. It really opened my eyes to a lot of, different literature out there and she's like i cannot wait to be an adult because then i can buy all the books i want it was like girl you just let me know and i will let you read whatever you want to read because there's amazing things out there isn't it so weird like my parents i i remember i wanted to know so much more about other religions and i don't understand what's so wrong about that like you should want your child to, it's part of the world like it's part of exploration it's part of life people are different and not understanding that is is it makes one so ignorant of those customs and not understanding that certain things are spiritual customs for people that should definitely be respected something as simple as wearing a wrap over your head a certain way could be spiritual and someone might not know that or understand it and try to touch your wrap or not understand why that would be disrespectful Mm-hmm. I I even I read the Satanic Bible. Oh, okay. That was one of the first things I read. <laughs> okay. Anton LaVey's Satanic Bible. And 
literally, I was like, is this really just an eye for an eye? Like, is this all this is? And for the most part, it's not that it deep. Is. Sorry. It really isn't. It really isn't. It, it's so mind-boggling. It's Ayn Rand with extra steps. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but people think that they're like going out there at like the, they think that they're friends with the chicken factory. Like they're just going out there slaughtering chickens left and right, throwing blood. Like it's like, you know, paintball or something. It's not the yeah. satanic like, Chick-fil-A. Sorry. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh. Although that, that sounds like a great idea. If that was ever, if that was the case, I mean, if you're going to slaughter some chickens. Every <laughs> yeah, chicken was spicy. It was <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yes oh my god oh yeah i i've read anton levey's satanic bible it didn't impress me um sorry no offense to satanists <laughs> i for some reason i get along with theistic satanists a lot more than i do with uh, atheist satanists um i i find the entities within theistic satanism to be interesting I had somebody sit me, sit me down and explain the different entities within theistic Satanism. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. Okay, so these are basically gods, right? Yeah, essentially. It's like, oh, okay, well, you know, at least you can have a concordance and I can at least, I may not ever interact with or worship these beings, but I can at least understand them from that perspective. And I don't understand why you wouldn't want to understand your neighbor, even if I don't agree with anything you do. You know, understanding you makes me a better person. Because right. I don't have to like what you do to respect you. Exactly. And growing up in a, in a, a multi-religious school, it would have been really cool if somebody clued me in, at least for the Muslims that were in my neighborhood. Uh, it would have been really cool if somebody had said, hey, they don't do dating. Because I had a really bad crush on a Muslim girl when I was younger, and I didn't get it. Because I'd ask her out, and not only would she not respond, it'd be like, stone wall of silence i'm like did i do something wrong nobody fucking clued me in would have been really cool if somebody clued me in like uh they don't they don't do that shit dude (laughs) well that that's also that's also comes on like us too to like find out you know right but i didn't have any resources how would you know how would you have known that that was the thing yeah yeah i didn't i didn't know even where to look like i i was like the only thing we had in our school library was, well, here's a copy of the Quran. Here's a copy of the Hadith. Good luck. Cool. <laughs> Where do I start? I don't know what I'm reading. You know, and I mean, like you get those, you get those subtle things in Catholicism and depending on what flavor of Catholic you're, you're interacting with, you know, Oh, that's not done. Isn't something you get via, uh, via a book really. You get that by interacting with people. Like I mm-hmm. had, like it took years, but finally, um, a Muslim friend of mine clued me. And he's like, "Oh, dude, the reason why nobody wanted to date you that was in the Muslim dating pool was because we don't date." And I was like, "When the fuck were you going to tell me that?" Well, it never came up. Well, how do I ask you that? <laughs> yeah. Well, so I, I sometimes another... it's just getting over myself to ask yeah. the questions. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, Let's face it. As a teenager, if, if a girl said, "I," I can't date you. It's against my religion. You wouldn't have believed that anyway. (laughs) That's fair. Yeah. You'd be like, you just friend zoned me in the worst way possible. Thanks. 
Um, I think understanding your neighbor is also and neighbor I'm using metaphorically, of course, not your literal neighbor, but it could be your literal neighbor. You never know. Um, it removes a lot of the fear that you experience being out in the world. You know, if you understand more cultures and more people from different cultures and religions and backgrounds and traditions and families, then suddenly your world is no longer shades of gray. You have so much color and vibrancy in your life and you learn new things every day, you know, and it helps you connect and understand others. So that I'm really glad and also a little heartbroken for you that you had to find this path kind of on your own, but I'm glad that you followed that dream of, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to do it anyway, because I don't know why. And I want to know why. Well, I will say I had a little bit of help along the way. Um, good. Just, just a little bit. When I first started and when I was interested, I went to Barnes and Nobles in Brooklyn um, in King's Plaza, which no longer exists. And there was this really amazing, um, her name was actually Morgana. She was this six foot, um, stocky, uh, like goth witch who was the nicest person. But like when people looked at her, they were always like, she's scary. And I'm like, what? And she okay. saw me looking in the occult section at the UFO books. And she was like, are you looking for books on UFOs? And I said, no, I don't really know what I'm looking for. I'm more like spiritual. Cause like, I don't understand it. She was like, I got you. And she was actually the one that gave me the first three books that I had, which was Scott Cunningham, uh, Buckland and Silver Ravenwolf. And she gave me my first tarot deck as well. It was the mythic tarot deck. And um, she was like, this is what you're going to start with. You don't have to get this. If you don't want to look at it, tell me what you think. And I said, no, I want all of it. No, I want all of it. <laughs> I want all of it. I'd get more if I could. And she was like, if you ever have any questions, please let me know. And we only, she only was in my life for like three instances. And then she mm-hmm. disappeared. Like she didn't, she no longer worked at the store. I don't know what happened to her. She was, she was amazing. She helped to set me on my path, so to speak. And then the other person that did, there were two other people actually, one that worked in a botanica that was more of like an ATR botanica. And that person gave me the meanest looks every time I walked in. And I think it's because that was just their manner. Like that was just the way that they handled people walking into the store because they didn't want people who weren't serious about things mm-hmm. and, and just like prod and make fun of, especially because mm-hmm. there's a Catholic church right down the block. Um, and then the other store was that store that sold like clocks and crystals and like, if you go farther back, there's more things. And I actually had a blessing from the person that owned that store because I got like mugged when I was younger. And she said, come in the back, come in the back. I want to talk to you. My mom sent me to her. She was like, come in the back. I want to talk to you. And she said a prayer over my hands and she lit some incense and she gave me like a bag. And she said, I want you to hold on to this bag for a week. This is going to be good for you. And then you're just going to bury the bag. And I didn't ask her any questions. I did it. I just did it. Um, those are like the first instances. And I was lucky enough to have those, especially the one that was the ATR shop. Cause even though she wasn't really nice to me, I didn't know that that stuff wasn't evil. It's portrayed like, is it, um, a serpent in the rainbow? 
yes that was like one of the first portrayals for me with like oh man. like yeah it's it, like it made an impression but it's like didn't make you think it was good right at all and Hollywood kind of just pounds this thing into like people when it comes to their their traditions and their religions. And it's like, even when it comes to being like Norse, so many things that I've seen about Norse, if it's about the actual culture, it's more about warriors and what they're going to do and how they're going to fight in battle. And if it's about the magic, it's like using these symbols to, you know, summon dark things or summon large powers. It's like, yep. that's, that's actually... That's actually the symbol for intuition. What are you doing using it on the floor talking about summoning a demon? Like, are you kidding me? Like, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I could go also, on about that at length. I'm just not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure the first woman that helped you was actually the Morgan. <laughs> not gonna lie like as soon as you described her i'm like oh that's the morgan and then you said her name was morgana and i was like yeah no that, that was definitely the morgan you know six foot goth witch that's a beauty that is like hmm here youngin here's some witch books go have fun i never would have made that correlation this is the first time <laughs> in the 38 years of me existing on this planet since i dealt with the situation when i was younger that I made that. So thank you. Thank you for, uh, now I have to think about that. Now, I, if I start to see crows, I'm going to be like, should I get a reading? Because. <laughs> oh God, no. Yes. What did I do? It's all your fault, Caitlin. It yeah, is. Yeah, sorry, not sorry. But for once it wasn't me, so that's good. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm curious, sir, because um, I don't know of anybody else that works with Medusa. How did that get started? And what's that practice been like? And also, thank you for working with her because she's so beautiful and wonderful. I love her so much. Sorry, go ahead. It's okay. Um, It's funny that you say that, Jim, because you do. There are other people that work with her that are actually on TikTok. And they're very quiet about it because just like me, whenever they mentioned her, they get ostracized because... You know, she's not a she's not a god. Like she's dead. Blah blah. blah. Like they would just get ostracized. Right. right. They don't that understand. It's more about the spirit of because everything happens for a lot of Lokians or people that work with something else that isn't conventionally a, a good being. Right. Be about my time with Jotnar. I get it. <laughs> it. It's weird because you would think that people, especially spiritual people, would understand that, right? Well, for fuck's sake, Gorgon's adorned outside the uh, entryways for a frickin' reason. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you develop a relationship with the archetypal protectress? Like, I mean, I don't, I don't need to explain this to you. You know, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it drives me so. Uh, well, I, I had somebody tell me too recently. Well, not like recently. But this was like a this was like a few months ago that I could remember. Um, in regards to this, talking about like, here comes a man um, trying to, you know, appropriate. What I was like, what, are you kidding? Like, Medusa? I'm trying to appropriate a deity. I don't think that people do that. Um, in in regards to the Greek pantheon, right? Um, so. What? And then why, what do you think I'm doing with, with Medusa that's, like, bad? What am I doing? 
what I'm doing most of the time is stuff that I actually don't want to be doing, like giving too much of a. Of, I should. I can't curse on this, right? I don't know if it, you can. Is, oh, you absolutely explicit can. podcast. Fuck yeah, you yeah. can. Giving too much of a shit about other people and their problems and trying to help them out of it and protect them when probably I shouldn't even be doing that to begin with. It's just so like if somebody's my friend and they're going through something, I just just like such a protective thing that happens that I'm like, I need to help this person. I need to make sure that I'm looking out for them or helping them or assisting them. Mm-hmm. And I really think that that's just part of my call with her. Um, I did not know that I could work with Medusa. And I had within the past, I'd say now 11 years, um, actually from 27 is when it started. But I've had, the last one was when we were in Louisiana. And it kind of like, like I already knew, but it was like another confirmation. Three spiritual people, like in shops, just around, um, telling me that they saw the, they saw her energy around me. Now, yes, like twice was with, I have a pendant here of her, once without, nothing. And it was just through conversation. And they, they had a tattoo of, like this person had a tattoo of hers. And uh, this was it what's the name of that place? It's in Louisiana. I can't remember the name of the shop, but it's one of the few witchcraft, like pagan shops in Louisiana. And uh, so I go there and I'm talking to this person and they show me their tattoo and they're like, you know, you, you must work with her too. And I'm like, why do you say that? And she's like, I just feel like you do. Like, I feel like I feel the energy. I feel like that's why we're vibing, why we're connecting. And I was like, oh, so you work with her? And they're like, yeah, you know, but you know that, don't you? And I was like, you need to stop doing this. And she laughed. (laughs) She laughed because she knew where I was going with that. Um, It's just, (sighs) she is a very protective being. Um, They used to worship her in Libya, which people don't know. Um. I mean, there's a lot that I could say. I don't know really where to start with. But if there were any questions about her with that and how that works, I would definitely be willing to answer that too. Real quick, just because I went and looked it up. Um, Was it Coyote Moon or Esoterica Occult Goods, perhaps? Um, It was, well, it was in New Orleans. Oh, it might have been Urzuli's Voodoo? Or, oh, that's Shreveport, never mind. Ah, well. It was on... (laughs) I, I would have to like ask my one of my friends who lives there because I know there was like I know things by food and by location sometimes not necessarily by street. <laughs> That's fair. I could tell you it wasn't Crescent City Conjure, um, which I've been to. Great place. What was the name of that place? It's gonna bug me now. Um, That's what your friend says there was no shop there. What are you talking about? I did a t- I-, I did a video on it too. I did a TikTok <laughs> video on the on the shop too. So it's on my. My TikTok, it just, I haven't, I've only been there like that last time and it's been so long because we've left. Um, man, it's going to bother me. But anyway, I'll, I might, I'll probably think about it as we're talking. Um, but anyway, I, I just started working with Medusa. You mentioned Scott Cunningham's, um, which book was it? It's like the Solitary Practitioner. Yep. Wicca for the solitary practitioner. Yeah. I used that book and formulated my own sort of confirmation, like dedication ceremony to Medusa. 
Um, so while I don't necessarily like the, I don't like that book. It's a good book for a template. Yep. I mean, back in the day, it was it was one of the better books. It's just that there's better now. Yeah. Is really what it boils down to. Yep. There's also a lot more past specific books now. I mean, mm-hmm. back then, if you wanted to find anything on Hellenic anything, you had to either read Greek or German and hopefully have academic access. Good luck. Yeah. And even then, you might not, it might not take, like you, you'll read things from like, was it the, um, the Greek papyri? Oh God, yeah. And it's just going to be like, what? And it might, some of it might just be continuous gibberish and you'll get to that one part and everything makes sense in that part. Everything. Yeah. Well, I mean, like back back when I was trying to research Egyptian religion, everybody's like, "Oh, just just read the Egyptian Book of the Dead." And I'm like, "This doesn't tell me about how to be comedic." Like, no, dipshit. I'm not trying to do spells. I'm tr- I'm trying to do the religion. Like, what am I supposed to get out of this besides really nice flowery poetry? Yeah, I I get you. I really do. Yeah. So my my question for you. Uh, concerning Medusa, what kind of advice or guidance would you offer to somebody who is a practitioner that is interested in approaching her? What would be the best way to approach her and say, I'm interested in being a, a worshiper of you? Because there really isn't a lot of anything on Medusa except for the stories themselves, but being somebody who does work with her you're probably a very good source for somebody who's interested in reaching out. So I, I, I didn't start off. Um, I'm trying to like summarize this cause this is, this is like years. I did not start off working with Medusa. I started off feeling the interest and connection to her story when I was younger. The first one being um, that clash of the Titans when you're younger and you see it on TV and then hearing about the other stories like the whole thing with Aphrodite. Um, then there was Athena. Then there were like all these things that you hear about, all these different types of stories over the years. And I, the story that hit me the most was the one with Poseidon where he took her in Athena's temple. And for, from that point forward, I was like just talking to people, like somehow Medusa would come up in conversation and I would just say like, you know, the stories that they have, you, you should really look at other stories because like... Um, she's actually in this story, like a victim of circumstance, a victim of what happened to her. She's an abuse victim. She's a survivor. Like, and I kept preaching that I even had like this, I don't what prompted me to write this. It was like this Medusa is a victim on construction paper and like this big, bold, like marker. And I would take like these really like weird pictures where I like had my head like covered and just looked like somebody did something to me. And it was like this like weird artistic thing that I had on Facebook and on MySpace for a while. And um, I just was rambling about her. I think it's acknowledging her, right? Because we can sit here and we can put bowls out and, you know, tonics and all this other stuff, um, silver and crystal, like all these crystals, whatever, like for our deities. We can devote time, we can devote energy, but when you devote acknowledgement, I think that that is so much more important the stories matter. And so many people I feel go into like, for instance, the, uh, 
you know, guide of and guide to entities of five five thousand entities, and they'll find one in there, and like, you know, that seems like the one. That's the one I'm gonna. But it's that's not how that works. You have to build the connection and understand entail like who that deity is, and it some some deities like for instance Medusa has very she has various stories. If you connect with one, you don't have to connect with all. If you connect with one, that is so much more important than what you're giving the acknowledgement is important and i think that's my my advice is to acknowledge their existence to acknowledge what they went through to acknowledge how that's affected the world how that affects you and how that will affect the rest of your life with them in it if you want that particular being there that is such a wonderful answer yeah i think what what gravitate what I gravitate towards that in that story is that and this is good advice for people that are observing deity work or trying to get into it, especially if they're watching videos or that sort of thing, is that there's a temptation to make your aesthetic look like other people's aesthetic. And when you're talking about doing crazy stuff with construction paper and that sort of thing, that's what that exploration process looks like you're not going to be able to form a really good connection just mimicking how someone else does something. You've got to actually mm-hmm. do that work yourself. And it might take you directions and, and avenues that you never suspected and that no one else is doing. And the, and the thing is you have to allow it to take you in those directions. You can't stop and go, but, but wait, they're going in that direction. I want to go in that direction because it, it'll never work. You have to follow your direction and that's, yeah engaging with your own story as well as engaging within the story of the the deity that you're interested in. I actually have a similar relationship with hell um, to where often I find myself defending her to other heathens because they're like, Oh no, she's like, she's a bad lady. You know, she's the daughter of Loki and she's a monster and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, she's not. She's probably one of the most loving goddesses in the Norse pantheon. Most caring and kind and understanding one. Like, And that, that is part of my tribute to her is g- helping people get beyond that box that has been created for them within the right. heathen culture. Um, so I, I really jive with the way you work with Medusa. I I get that it clicks. So that's awesome. I, I do want to say it's not always like that though. Like when you, when, mm-hmm. like when I started, cause the, the connection really built with Medusa, I, honestly around like age 27 is when it started to peak for me, when I really felt there was something going on. Um, but <laughs> with Dionysus, I called Dionysus when I was like a teenager, I was like, I want, you're going to work with me. And I felt this energy at that time and it was kind of like a it was it was so weird it was kind of like a there's nothing there nothing's gonna nope nice try though and funny enough he actually was like this kid like i i have i've always had the feeling that he was like this kid you know got some balls there um no not not really but i'll I'll watch this kid and just watch and uriel kind of just straight up was like as they say, be not afraid, came up and the power was just too much. And I was doing way too much, like just things I shouldn't have been doing anyway. Um, like again, love spells. Um, I'm going to pass this test spell. Um, I'm going to, you know, make my bully like 
not bother me spell, things like that. But <laughs> not to put too fine a point on it, but Uriel's a fucking busybody too. Yes, and does not play around. It's no. it's kind of like I had a Bible that I was using for spell work. Yes. The Bible, after I realized that I shouldn't be doing the things I was doing, went missing. <laughs> it was gone. Since you're not going to listen. So, yes. Yes. Um, but that's the thing. Like your People's experiences with these beings are going to be different. And they always look to like people on Witch Talk or on YouTube or any like these social media apps where they feel like they're short of themselves and ask questions. But the problem is my experience and the way that I went about things and the way that the things happened to me, it's not going to be the same. That's not a problem. Right. But that also means I can't verify your connection. I can't. I, can, I might be able to pull a tarot card or two and maybe give you some assistance if I'm allowed, but that's going to be all on you, partner. Like, that's all on you. The way we tend to talk about it on this show is that, like, my relationship with a deity is going to be different than yours. But yeah. where I can be useful to you is if you come to me and say, hey, you work with Dionysus 2. Dionysus wants me to do X, Y, and Z. Does that sound reasonable? And if my experience, my vibe can a lot of times say well yeah that sounds like something that he would do or i went through something similar um or if it's something that's completely out of character to the mythos to anybody else that works with him anything like that we even that that other person could kind of go i don't know that doesn't sound quite right are you sure you heard it correctly exactly and it's it's always like people asking about the same like i feel entities or beings too as we're talking about this there are so many in the world. I don't know why people feel so and like, like we have to tie it down to something right away and right now and that we have to work with it. And we have to, this weird spiritual like elevation that people think is going to happen when they, I think Angry Birds does it where you could go and Angry Bird goes all the way up. Like, why do people think they're just going to like, what do you think spirituality is? It's not opening a Coke can and finishing your bottle of Coke, you know, finishing your can of Coke. It is not this right now. It is a continuance. You're always growing. You're always changing. And I think that a lot of people are seeking answers. And, and some of it is just out of laziness um, a little bit more so desperation um, or curiosity, and especially desperation because of the, t the past year, right. uh, looking for answers, looking for solace, uh, looking for pain to heal and some direction. But you can't well, rush it. so many variables, too. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we assume that I think the aesthetic is out there. The concept is out there that if I meet my patron, everything's going to be solved. No, your patron might be like, all right, so here's what we're doing. Three days a week, you need to spend a half hour picking up trash by the roadside. And you're like, wait, what? Oh, no, no, that's what we're doing. That's, well, what do you think? I was just going to swoop in and solve all your, solve all your problems? No, we're, we're picking up trash here. This is what we're doing. I we're find that a lot of people that do that, it's Catholicism. I find that a lot of people that do that come from a like come from like a Catholic Christian background. They're now like interested in paganism, but the way that they work 
is like, all right, well, this God didn't work. And subconsciously, they're like, well, let me find one that does. It doesn't <laughs> work like that. It is not going to work like that. Yeah, because you could end up like me and have a patron goddess show up and be like, hi, I'm here. We're working together now. And I'm like, cool. What do you want? What, what do you want me to do? And she's like, no, 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 no. What do you want? And I'm like, I don't fucking know how to answer that question. And she's like, good. Let's figure this out. And I'm like, what? No. You tell me. And she's like, no. Mm -mm. When your deity shows up and says, "Um, I need you to set an appointment with a therapist. You're like, wait, what? What? But that is so real. (laughs) That is so real. It is very real. Yeah, so exactly. since we did mention witch talk um, before we get too far along and I don't know, out there, uh, go ahead and plug your stuff, plug your TikTok. If you have an Instagram, let us know how people can find you so that we can inflate those numbers a little bit more for you. Well, I appreciate it. My name on TikTok, on Instagram, on Twitter, on Clapper, on YouTube is Surf Gorgon Savant, all one word. So that's Surf gorgon savant um i i know the name is weird so i'm going to break down the three within one surf is actually one of my favorite video game characters because i play video games um i associate with this character very well gorgon obviously working with medusa savant is a person who knows everything about a particular topic i wanted to claim that because i wanted to be the person that knew the most about gorgons and I've continued to do my research and study, and I dedicate that to her and to her sisters. So that's how that name came to be. That's awesome. And, and Seraph does really amazing tarot readings. I have never heard anybody say anything even remotely negative about any of your tarot readings. Everybody talks about how insightful you are and everything. So recommend you for those too. I do do tarot readings. Um, thank you very much. I do them on Instagram. I do them on Discord. I also have a Discord server. Um, in my group, I try to... Spiritual spaces can be so negative and so disheartening sometimes and so vitriol. I am trying to do my best to make sure that that is not what happens within my Discord server. My Discord server is called Gorgon Reads. Anybody that's interested in spirituality, whether it's just to find out more or to hang out with more spiritual people who are just really relaxed and chill, you're all welcome. Um, Gorgon Reads. It is a 18 plus server only because I don't want to deal with parents telling me that I'm trying to teach their children like about spirituality. I just want to offer a safe space. And that's what it is. That's yeah, I, I point a lot of people towards your Discord server and ours because both really good communities where there's a lot of questions to get answered, a lot of support, a lot of positivity, places to vent, of course, but not like you're not going to find people trash talking each other that sort of thing it just doesn't happen and i appreciate how much you and the other moderators put into uh keeping an eye on your discord server and making sure it's a safe place too i really appreciate that thank you so caitlin sarah any other questions real quick yeah i got some (laughs) Uh, so with regard to dionysus Oh no. <laughs> mm-hmm. What has been the most challenging thing he's laid down on you? Mm, there's 
the relationship that I have with Dionysus is a very lax, lazy um, kind of. <laughs> if if <laughs> I'm trying to like, I'll just, okay, I'll just say it because I used to be a bartender for like years, mm-hmm. years. I probably have messed my liver up so much. I do not recommend going out drinking as much as I did when I was younger. Um, I really don't. I will but, second that warning. It's not a good idea. No. It used to be fun. And now I'm like, I have a stitch of alcohol. And I'm like, this is, I need to go home. I need a glass of water. I need to sit down. It's hot I in need here. a nap. I need okay. a nap. <laughs> Give me something greasy. Give me some greasy food or something right now. I can't. Nope. What day is it? <laughs> like, <laughs> But I used to drink heavily. And I think that... Dionysus went from the moment I called him helped protect me at certain points. Not all the time. There were times where Dionysus was like, listen, you get, you went on the train really late getting home and you're not in the front car. You're in the back car all by yourself with no conductor, nobody in the, like you better move. I'm not protecting you. There were, there were times where I was completely just a mess blackout drunk. Cause like I had a bad breakup. I was with somebody for like seven and a half years. I was just drinking every other night. There were times where I would wake up and not even realize how I got where I got to. And I think within serving and always trying to be hospitable to people and always trying to make people have a good time to the amount of drinking that I was doing, I feel like Dionysus took that as his offering because he found me wanting to serve people as a bartender, especially that dealt with wine. So I just had that weird connection throughout the years. And now it's like, listen, you get me my bottle and we're good. You get me my bottle of wine, you get me my grapes, you get me, you know, a few things and we can, we can go deeper. And it's always in, in manners of madness yeah and i don't know if any i don't know if like that's that sounds so weird to say but it is it's always in manners of madness that like i feel more of attachment and connection to him when i let my feelings just go wild when i allow myself to explore and be creative and be passionate about things anytime i'm creating i feel that energy anytime i'm doing i feel that energy and even something as simple as like playing with my, I have a little uh, dog, little um, hairless terrier that she sometimes makes an appearance on my channel. And when I have my afternoon playtime, I dedicate that to my deities. And I always feel like it's a good thing with them. Absolutely. Yeah. And definitely. I, I asked that question because my relationship with Dionysus did start fairly lax and, got really intense over the years and yeah um i really i I gotta say i really appreciate how integrated into your life your gods and your ancestors and your spirits are and that they're not hived off it's i think that's a mistake that a lot of folks make early on is well i'm just gonna interact with the gods when it comes to their altars or I'm just going to interact with the gods at these special times, these holidays or whatever. And that's it. 
And I love that you are showing people, not just talking about it, but you're showing people, this is what it looks like when I offer time and space to my gods. And it is completely integrated into my life. That is huge. There's there's another part of that. And thank you. I appreciate that. Because I, I I feel like a lot of people don't do that. And, and I don't understand it. Like mm. I think it's so easy. It's it, For me, it's easy. And I wish it would click with other people that they don't have to perform a ritual or you know, find, like, make this big meal and offer, like, you can do things every day and they don't have to be difficult things. They can be something as simple as coffee in the morning, you know, and sharing some of your coffee with your deity. Uh, Tobacco, which I know a lot of hoodoo practitioners, which is something that I'm studying right now, use for their ancestors. Um, Just so many things that you can just do that are so simple. And I think that people get afraid because, they're deities, but it's like, well, if you want to make a connection, you have to find a way for yourself, the best way for you. And you have to find it within your life, because if not, you're doing what a lot of people do, which is struggling to find the time when the time is already there. I think that I think that there's a marked difference between somebody that's a spiritual specialist versus somebody that is just connecting with these gods. Mm-hmm. And I say this as a spiritual specialist, that... You know, there are times where I do need to do the ritual because I need to have X or Y effect or I need to do mm-hmm. this or that for this reason or that reason. Mm-hmm. But m- most common connection points that I make, you know, I carry around items that remind me of my gods or that are tied to my gods. So that constant connection point. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's what really, even as a spiritual specialist, that's what matters. Like all that all that and it's an everyday thing like ah (laughs) i think it's remarkable how often um not only our guests but the three of us have had this conversation and often our guests bring it up without really being prompted to talk about it so it really is a thing within the community that i i hope people start picking up on is little daily rituals, you know, you, they talk about making time um, to do these things, but it isn't necessary to have like this big extravagant thing, you know, don't look at the, the aesthetic witches on TikTok and think, oh, I wish I could have that. That would be so perfect and beautiful. What you have right now and what you're doing right now is perfect. And it is beautiful, you know, is meaningful Thank to you. you. You know, I, when I play guitar in the morning, I dedicate it to Freya because um, she's actually the one that inspired me to start playing again. You know, she looked at me and asked me what I wanted. And I said, well, this is what I want. And she goes, then why aren't you doing it? Right. So my morning 10 minutes that I have time to play is dedication to her. Is it pretty? Is it fluid? Is it beautiful? Absolutely not but I have that connection with her and then I have her with me throughout the day or like when it thunderstorms and I have my, my Mjolnir on, I will rub the Mjolnir and be like, okay, don't strike me, please. <laughs> but hi Thor, I see you. Thank you. That, that's kind of how like, I think people, 
I think that when people think about deities, they really, it really is a matter of replacing what they, what they, you know, came from to something different more often than not. And they don't understand. It's like more of a personal connection when people, and not that you can't have a personal connection with the Catholic God, but it's not the same. I don't care what anyone says. It is not the same. Everything about other pantheon will be different. Yeah. And even if it's not necessarily something in a so pantheon, because a lot of people, especially getting into things, forget some of the most powerful forces to work with, whether you name them as a primordial being or not, are earth, air, water, fire. Mm-hmm. Yep. But no one talks about that. And mm-hmm. I don't, I, it's just so, it's so weird to me. I agree. It is weird. One of my um, strongest connections, spiritual connections is to Lady Superior. And that is a big body of water. And whenever I need some serious cool down, because I'm real mad about something, I just look to her and I'm like, please help because I'm about to I'm about to punch a bitch. And she's like, no, no, I got you. Cool down. I always tell people like little stuff like um, you can leave offerings, or prayers, or talk to the freaking plumbing in your house or apartment, the heating system. You've got fire, you've got earth, you've got water, all that stuff right there. I don't want yeah. a flood. I don't want my power to go out. Why don't I well, make a prayer and offering to these things? As you say that, like also house spirits. I think one of the most yes. frustrating things for me when I first got on TikTok and I would see all these people walking around with bundles, just all around the place, cleansing, cleansing, cleansing. It's a bad spirit. It's a bad spirit. No, that's the brick and mortar spirit of your house. Mm-hmm. That's the wood spirit of your house. That's yeah. the water spirit of your house. Like, what are you cleansing? You're just annoying them. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, and they were there first. They were there yeah. first. Yeah, how rude. Why don't you some Hershey's Kisses or something? Get on their good side. My my house spirit really loves it when I sing to them. Mm-hmm. That that is my offering to my house spirit or any type of musical thing that happens, whether it's from my phone or um, YouTube or whatever. They really enjoy music. So I I feel like people get so some people are mediums and they see things and they're able to and I think there are a lot more people with. I don't want to say they're mediums, but more like they have the medium gene. So they might see something, they might see like an outlining of something, or they might occasionally see something not as connected, but they're connected. And when it comes to house spirits, they are not human for the most part. They're not human. They might manifest in other ways. And people get freaked out when they see these things. And I'm like, they're the reason that it's manifested like that is because they're trying to imitate something visually for you but they also don't know what they're doing. So don't be freaked out. It's just trying to say hello. Maybe leave it a Hershey's Kisses and it'll leave you alone for three weeks. Like just, it's <laughs> there to protect the house. It's not there to do anything more than that. You know? Yeah, just make sure they get their routine Hershey Kisses every three weeks. Otherwise they might freak you out again. Right. You know, that's all. And it's really not that much. It's not, it's, or, or say hi. Like it's, I don't know why people think, especially with offerings, 
offerings to me, and I think it's because of historically, like what we read in these books about what what our, our ancestors did, big banquets and, you know, big time offerings. They don't have to be like that anymore, at least in my eye. You can do that. And I think it's, it's an honorable thing. It's tradition. But I think for the most part, if you are dealing with something like a house spirit, do you have to have a banquet for a house spirit? Maybe not, you know? I think if you think about it historically with our ancestors, you know, a lot of times were fallow for them and they didn't have the abundance or availability that we have of things. Yep. So a big banquet was a huge offering and it was a very, very sacrificial in that manner. But now mm-hmm. that I have a grocery store 10 minutes down the road for me and I don't have to grow any of my own food or um, raise any of my own cattle or pigs or whatever, you know, that offering doesn't necessarily mean less, but there's other things that I can offer them, like my time, my attention, my focus, my own work on myself that might mean more. Mm -hmm. Well, it's worth pointing out that a lot of the sources we're we're reading are the rich motherfuckers. (laughs) Like, okay. So, King Ragnar gave this giant ass feast. Of course he did. He's a damn king. You don't have to be you, you don't you, you don't have to do that. Like just just give them something good from the heart. You know, I'm not going to say intentions everything cuz it's not cuz if I give you a rotten fish with the intention of this being a worthy offering, it doesn't make it a worthy offering. Um you know, and a, a a frozen chicken is not a live one. <laughs> you know, but that being said, you know, I am literally giving you the product of my time and energy in the form of labor, converted mm-hmm. into dollars, converted into me going taking my happy ass to the grocery store and looking for things for you. That does mean something. Yeah, and it doesn't I, have I to be to. these enormous gestures. Go ahead. I hate to interrupt the conversation, but my phone is about to die, so we gotta wrap the interview up. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would well, be rather really funny because he's the host of this conversation and right, we would exactly. all be dropped. Well, this <laughs> so, was fun. Thank yes, you guys so much for I having love me talking to you so much. Really appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Well, and thank you to everybody that's listening. We appreciate all your support. You are wonderful to us. And as Caitlin said, we do love you all. You're a fantastic community and your practice is amazing. No matter what level it is or how in-depth it is, it's amazing. We appreciate you and you are loved. And thank you so much for joining us. And we'll talk to you next time around the fire.